It's, it's Friday. The weather forecast is just really excellent for the weekend. And it's Groundhog Day, Howard. And it's Groundhog Day. And now he's wrong most of the time, so let's begin with that premise. <laughs> but uh, Punxsutawney Phil, uh, let's see, he, he did not see a shadow. I think right? that's how it works. He went back in his hole and he said, well, good news. Uh, early spring. Yeah, early spring. Early spring. So that's that's good. So we have early spring. Now, again, uh, stats I had for you earlier this morning, Punk's Tony Phil's only been right in all of his career 39% of the time. Even Adam Fike said, heck, even weathermen are better, <laughs> are better than that. So, um, But the Groundhog did uh, did say six uh, no uh, early spring. No, not six more weeks of winter, but an early spring. So that um, – that is good. And I'm, st- you know, I can't get out of my head the fact that in the early days they ate him after he made his prediction. And I, and you said groundhog's good. How do you cook groundhog? It's been a long, long time. How well, there's other ways. I, I, the last time I had it was cooked like in a gravy. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I would picture that. Yeah. And, and, and again, the key is that you don't want that old tough. Poxitani Phil, you want to have one of his his youngins, Howard, a young groundhog. Oh, that's good. that's good. Let's kill the baby groundhog, not the old Phil Junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wonder, did my, I'm going to look at my stats here real quick. wonder if there's any, uh, do we know how many Punxsutawney Phil, obviously the, the, the myth that they create is that Punxsutawney Phil, the groundhog, has uh, drinks an elixir of life that keeps him uh, alive forever. But we know that's not true. So I wonder how many of them there are. There are. I don't know um, how many separate uh, different Punxsutawney Phil's there have been. Uh, anyway, uh, according, to, according to Phil, Punxsutawney style, uh, we will have an early spring, and I'm going to choose to believe him just because I'd like to see an early spring. I don't think groundhogs live very long. I think if you get a groundhog that makes it around maybe five, six, six years, you know, usually and that, that would be away from the road, away from anyone taking shots at them, you know, kind of like your neighborhood groundhog, Howard. I just don't think they live very long. Well, again, we learned early in the, uh, the Gobbler's Nog festivities uh, back in the 1800s when we first began to see Punxsutawney Phil. He really didn't live long, did he? He didn't live long at all because they ate him. Groundhog Day was the day he came out and said, six more weeks of winter, and then they ate him. And they ate him. Had a nice good groundhog stew uh, later in the day. Uh, we're going to have a pretty nice day today. Not great, but nice today. It's going to be cloudy. We'll be a little bit warmer than we are right now, low 40s. But the weekend's going to be good. Sunshine, blue skies, either low, high 40s or 50-ish or so throughout the weekend. I like that. And going into the beginning of next week, same thing. It's going to be sunny and the temperature's in the 50s, so I like that. Right now, though, uh, temperature hasn't moved much. Uh, 39 within Ohio County Airport, 39 at the Highlands, 40 at my backyard in Elm Grove, and still 38 here, Bob? We're moving on up, Howard. We're up to 39. 39 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network. Well, it's a Friday at 9, 12 in the morning, so it's time to talk about some of the uh, local news of the week. We'll do that with John McCabe coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I'm sorry, you reached for one thing, and I... I thought we were going to John, but that's okay. John, hang where you're at. We'll be right back. I threw you all a curve. I'm sorry. My name is Mike Campsey. I am an interventional cardiologist and the chief of cardiology at Wheeling Hospital. I think the value of HVI in this region is tremendous. We offer such a wide spectrum of services from prevention to intervention. We're going to get the patient in as quickly as possible. That's the most tremendous benefit to the patients in this region is we're here 24-7. We're available to see somebody. 
Hello, West Virginia. This is Congressman Alex Mooney. West Virginia spending should reflect West Virginia values. That's why I always work to be your conservative fiscal watchdog in Washington, voting against tax increases and cutting government spending, all while looking after our hardworking families. Liberals continue to harm middle and working class Americans with rampant inflation, all the while going around Congress to send our tax dollars overseas. I will continue to do everything in my power to rein in this White House's policies and keep the power in the hands of the people where it belongs. I'm Congressman Alex Mooney. If you have questions about how your tax dollars are being spent, I wanna hear from you. Call my local office at 304-264-8810 or visit my website at mooney.house.gov. Paid for with official funds from the office of Alex Mooney. We are back. Check out your favorite talk radio station on our new Facebook page at Watchdog WV. Click our like button to follow what's happening on the Watchdog FM 98.1 and 97.7 AM 1600 and 1370. Conversations you care about with people you know. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. It's 9.15, after, uh, quarter after the hour here. Watchdog Morning Show is our Friday edition of the program. Friday always means uh, the Friday roundtable. John McCabe I can hit here. the button now, Howard. You can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I threw everybody a curve there. I, I, I went for a break when I guess I shouldn't have done so. Are you there, John? <laughs> I am. I'm here. All right. Uh, <laughs> good morning, sir. You're out of town today, but I appreciate you coming in and uh, taking some time to talk yeah. to us anyways. Yeah, no problem. You know, real quick, I... Uh, it's been funny this morning. I was watching this morning when, uh, you know, when they wrapped on the uh, burrow three times and, you know, rolled out the red carpet and put the ceremonial scrolls on top of the burrow. And, and it reminded me of when I was, I think, in eighth or ninth grade. And, Bob, you'll probably appreciate this, as a, you know, when you think of a young hunter. We went, um, myself and a couple buddies, went and spent a weekend uh, with a friend of ours named Larry Malone. And Larry was the, the ultimate definition of a country boy. It had a, you know, had a big farm out, outside of Morgantown. And uh, and we went hunting with his grandfather and shot, you know, possum, groundhog. I got the privilege, I'll call it, the, you know, 40 years later, of learning how to field dress a groundhog by his grandmother. <laughs> it was quite an interesting prospect. I had never done it before, never done it since. And, uh, you know, that and possum, you know, you have to, there's just, you know, the possum was even worse because the, st- the stink from the possum was so bad, the fat layer. But uh, I was thinking about that this morning as they pulled it out. And I don't really remember what it tasted like, like the groundhog, but I can surely remember it didn't taste like chicken. That's the best <laughs> I can say. Uh, so you've eaten groundhog? I have, yes. I've never had, I don't think I've ever had groundhog. Bob tells me it's tender. Probably do it with gravy, yeah, I it, guess, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very gamey, just like, you know, uh, like a possum or, you know, squirrel a little bit. It's just got a very gamey, little stringy, if I remember correctly. But, uh, you know, I didn't die from it, so that's all that matters. That's right. That's right. 
Well, back in the old days, you probably heard me say, and maybe you knew, I just learned this morning, uh, after Punxsutawney Phil would come out back in the 1800s when he first was, you know, making his appearances and he would make his prediction, and then they would have a groundhog feast, they would eat him that night. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess whatever you had to do to, to, to survive, that was what you did. You know, I'm, I wonder how weathermen would do if they... Uh, if they <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you didn't get it right? I'm sorry you're dinner now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, this thing's gotten off the rails, so. Yeah. Let's, um, I, I have a question for you, and it's, I don't have an answer to it. Have you heard any more about, I don't think I saw it in the paper this morning, but maybe I'm wrong, about this guy, the trucker that got shot in the face over on I-470? You know, that, that's a, I was talking with, uh, with a couple folks about that last night. Um, no. Okay. I, I know you, you know, I, we may have gotten some of the same information on, you know, these, uh, you know, what people believe they heard or saw. Right. Uh, you know, officially, there doesn't seem to be anything out there other than the initial release from the, the highway patrol. And you'd have to think, I mean, he got shot in the face. So obviously it had to have been something that either grazed him, you know, getting shot in the face is a pretty serious thing to have happen. And it doesn't. You know, we've not heard at least any indication that this guy's having, you know, life-threatening injuries. Um, but, uh, yeah, so officially the answer is no. Not heard anything else. Yeah, I, um, uh, Bob and I talked yesterday, you may have heard us. It seems to me there are only two sort of general options, and I don't know what's happened. It easily could be, and maybe most likely is, Maybe an errant hunter on the hillside, or somebody who was shooting, and it just—it was a bizarre, weird accident. Uh, if there was any intent behind it, uh, shooting in the face is a—is a—it's it's a pretty heinous act, and it's also, you know, there's yeah. there's there's something you learn from that. But I I just have heard nothing more about it, and I just wondered if if you had either. As you said, I have received a couple of texts, but they almost sound like conspiracy theories from some of the people that I've gotten yeah. texts from. So I have not shared them with the audience, and I have no reason to believe them, but anyway. I would think, you know, here's the kind of the way I look at it, and if, you know, this is now going on two and a half days ago that this happened, and surely if this was a road rage, you know, shooting incident of that nature, you would think the highway patrol would be looking, you know, and seeking the public's assistance in, in you know, for a, you know, a blue pickup or a white, uh, you know, whatever. Right. If it had been something along that line. That's where... You know, in this day and age, you don't, you know, if they're not doing that, then, you know, that's very much malfeasance on their part if they think this was. But, you know, which leads me to believe, uh, was somebody else in the cab with this guy and a gun went off accidentally? Who knows? Oh, I never I thought mean, about that. Yeah. You know, yeah. And so I don't know, but I just tend to think if this had been what, you know, the initial thought goes to is someone, you know, a road rage incident or something. Right. Exactly. That. Within two and a half days, they would have done more than just say a guy was shot in the face on the interstate. Yeah, but I, I do think, and I'm not overly critical here, and I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not suggesting anything conspiratorial, but I do think a little more information could be forthcoming. Um, yes. I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the story is, but I think the public probably deserves a little more information than we have because it's something that caught everybody's attention, at least the people I talked sure. to, you know. You see, oh, a man shot in the face, a trucker shot in the face in Belmont County. You go, what What the heck's that all about? And you're right. First thought yep. is road rage. Um, I, I don't have any reason to necessarily believe that, but that certainly is one option. 
Uh, but you would think right. if, if that's the case or if there's any indication of that, we would at least have heard that. Now, I would hope the Highway Patrol soon would say, here are some things we're looking at or here are some details that are out there or I don't know. At any rate, I just wondered if you knew any more than I do, and I guess not. We both are just speculating, so um, right. we'll have to see. I, I just don't, unfortunately. 921 Watchdog Morning Show. John McCabe with me from the local newspapers as we continue to talk about uh, Ohio Valley news. John, we did a pretty good roundup, I thought a pretty good roundup, of the uh, city elections after the final filings were announced and the final press announcement made of J.T. Thomas, the last one to make a big splash on uh, Monday, and we talked about it on Tuesday. But have you uh, reflected on the uh, the filings for the mayor and the council race at all since then? And also, have you found Carl Carpenter? No, still looking for Mr. Carpenter or anyone who knows him. And I'm not being, you know, not trying to be facetious when I say that. I was, uh, you know, been in Charleston and talking with our, uh, you know, some of our local lawmakers and, you know, uh, and then did just, you know, what any good journalist does and clicked a little bit on his Facebook page. Um, but, you know, you don't get much of a sense of who he is. That he seems, you know, maybe a little bit liberal, um, you know, a little bit on the left side of the aisle. So if that's true and he's an active campaigner, you know, does that maybe take you know, some votes away potentially from a Rosemary Ketchum? You know, I don't know. But, you know, I thought pretty much what, I, what we discussed Tuesday still feels pretty solid. I mean, again, we're, we're, you know, three months away from the election, three and a half months almost. Uh, so a lot can happen, and we'll know more as we go through debates and policy platforms, etc. cetera. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, with six people, uh, this, is, this is the most wide-open mayoral race that I've seen in my, you know, going on 25-plus years in, in Wheeling, you know, covering Wheeling politics. Um, uh, you know, it, it seems like J.T. Thomas is probably the at least, you know, initial leading candidate. But, you know, hey, uh, Chad Thalman has a different pathway now. Rosemary Ketchum uh, potentially has a different pathway. You know, the more I look at it, the more I think that the one whose pathway is somewhat stunted now, uh, you know, is really maybe Denny McGruder's. And I'm not trying to be pejorative to Denny on that at all, but yeah, you know, his pathway may have gotten more difficult. And as we said on Tuesday, at least you you are, I think, talking here, and I know that I am. I'm not really even talking about policy issues and who might attract people because of the, the policies they want to present. I'm just talking about sort of their basic constituencies and, and who, who they are likely to attract because of who they are. And I do think with yeah. that in mind, I think you're right, that J.T. Thomas probably cuts into uh, Denny Magruder's uh, uh, base, if you want to call it that. I also got to think, and by the way, I should point out that uh, the other candidate who really is not quite as well known as Beth Heinbaugh, uh, you do have a pro, uh-huh. you have a profile of her in the morning intel today. So for those who want to yes. learn more about that, um, child care, um, one of her key issues, I think. So uh, we'll get her on the show here at some point. But um, former cop at one time, uh, he and her, she, uh-huh. she, and yeah. her, she and her husband have a couple of uh, businesses in town. The uh, Fulton Fun Factory, I think, out in uh, Fulton. Um, yes, um, yes. Noah's Ark, uh, child care, some other child care facilities. So, anyways, if you want to learn more about her, we will do it on the show. But uh, the intel has has that has that story as well. But because of that article, I got thinking, John, that the three original candidates, what I would call the original candidates, Rosemary Ketchum, Chad Thalman, and then Denny Magruder, they have a, a real leg up, not just because they got out early. 
but they all have name recognition to begin with. Uh, JT, yes. Th- JT yes. Thomas has a large constituency of, of friends and connections, but in terms of the, a general name recognition of the general public, I don't think he has it, nor does Ms. Heinbaugh. So um, they, they've got, they're going to have to do a little extra work to get their names out there. Yeah, I, I would totally agree. And, you know, one thing I would advise Mr. Thomas against, uh, since I saw he had a couple high-ranking Ohio County schools officials at his announcement, don't shoot any commercials uh, or do any flyers on public property at, at Ohio County schools. That's been, you know, that's something that's happened in the past. <laughs> I say uh, we're speaking of experience here. Has yeah, that's right. Quite a foul of. So um, it's great to have, you know, Rick Jones and uh, Chris Dougherty supporting you but uh you know stay stay on public property not don't go on or don't go on public property such as the school district property uh, all kidding aside that's all that is it's just a little bit of a joke but um you know it's going to be uh you know uh, you're right they, so they've got you know the, the initial three have a leg up from recognition maybe even fundraising to an extent you know it mm-hmm. will it will take some money uh in this race they're going to have to run ads they're going to have to you know be visible Right. So you know, uh, for the vice mayor and, and Councilwoman Ketchum and, and Denny, they've had three, four, five months to start to get you know those ten dollar, fifteen dollar, five dollar donations that cumulatively add up to potentially making a real difference in this race. So yep. it's. Uh, you know, those, that, that's what I'm saying. All these things are going to factor in. It's not as simple as saying, oh, well, you know, uh, X or Y is going to be coordinated because they're the most popular. You know, with, with six people in, you know, I look at this quite quite simply and say, with six people in, if Rosemary Ketchum's base can get motivated and vote, which has always been the kind of the knock against the base of the young progressive voters is that they don't actually go and vote. But if, if she can get them motivated, um, you know, again, 20, 25% could win this uh, without I, a doubt. I think Rosemary's base, again, just looking at this in terms of affinity groups and so on, uh, it probably has not been too much affected by the new entries by Beth Heinbaugh and J.T. Thomas. Right. So those two newcomers are more likely to impact the other candidates. That, that's the way I read it. Again, I could be completely wrong about this, but that's the way I read it. I think Rosemary's base is, yeah. it will, is pretty, still pretty intact. So what she had, she still has, unlike, I suspect, Denny Magruder and Chad, who have, will see some of their base now move to one of the other candidates, and I, I just don't know whom. And it's important to point out, in, yeah. my, in my mind, these are six really, again, we don't know a whole lot about Carl Carpenter, but I, these are six valid candidates. Unlike some, I mean, I've seen six candidates in the race before, but there have been usually two or three that are kind of like, they're just in there to almost to have fun, you know, and then a couple of serious yeah. candidates. These are six, look to me like six very valid candidates. Uh, so it's it's going to be a, an interesting race. John, let's shift gears just for a second on the election because we didn't talk much about this. There are a couple of things that uh, after the filings were done, I didn't I didn't even realize there was a school board election coming up in Ohio County. Yes, yeah, you've got uh, two seats up. Uh, both will be, um, you know, both are open. Uh, Pete Choplis won was his seat, and uh, and he's not running for re-election. Um, 
and uh, you're going to have to help me because I don't have notes in front of me as I'm, I'm in the car right uh, now. Unfortunately, but, uh, I'm not in the car, and I don't have notes in front of me either. So. <laughs> the other seat is, uh, and, and, and it just it's, I can't recall off the top of my head, It's uh, it was the seat that was held. It's now held by Eric Schramm, and it was held previously by Grace uh, Norton. By uh, Grace Norton, yes, correct. Okay. I'm sorry, Grace, when Grace is passing. So it's... Uh, the uh, you know so that seat is open and I and again I know there's I believe three three folks running for those two seats and and this early I haven't really gone through the breakdown of who gets what from where uh, but you have Jessica Powers who ran unsuccessfully the last last school board election and she uh, was she, and ago. she was one of the finalists in the possibility of replacing Grace Norton. And then you have uh, Bernie Albertini is running, and Bernie is the uh, – he also was a finalist to replace Morton, and Bernie is the – what, the uh, CEO or the – He's a head, honcho, he, head honcho at East Ohio. Ohio. I don't know yeah. what his title is, but, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, in, you know, the third candidate, unfortunately, has escaped me, and it's and, and I feel shameful that I don't recall it off the top of my head. I don't – again, um, I apologize because I didn't, I didn't bring the notes in here either, unfortunately, so I, I don't yeah. – I don't remember what it is. Um, those should be interesting, though. Albertini and Powers, and then, I, again, I'm sorry, I forget who the third one is. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, so, but, I, I, again, I, I didn't even think about the fact there's a school board election, to be brutally yeah. honest with you, until I saw the filings. So that that's going to be one that uh, we'll certainly want to watch, I think, pretty closely because there have been some pretty big issues. Uh, and Hercules, I'm getting a note here. And Hercules. And Hercules, yes, correct, yes. Thank you. Yes, thank- 100%. Thank you to the texter who sent that Somebody, to me. Somebody's on the ball today, and it's not me or you. It's That's not me or you. That's right. <laughs> Before I break for the half-hour news, John, real quick, uh, the other election uh, that's going to be interesting is the race for sheriff in Ohio County. Yeah, we've got, uh, and, and I'm trying to remember exactly the breakdown between Democrat-Republican, but on the Democrat side, running unopposed is John a uh, long-time Deputy John Haglock. And then on the Republican side, you've got Nelson Croft, and uh, Charlie Murphy, Charlie Murphy, yes, former magistrate Charlie Murphy is uh, in longtime chief deputy uh, back in in the day. So that that'll be an interesting race. Uh, you know, Charlie's been a been a uh, a longtime figure in politics. You know, the Croft name in Ohio County, uh, particularly in law enforcement, has been very strong over the past you know three, four, five decades. So it's uh, that that'll be an interesting primary for certain. And and then the, the, actually the the general election will be interesting too because I think Haglock brings a lot to the table, uh, yep. and either yep. of those two candidates on the Republican side of things are going to bring a lot to the table. So that election that election is going to be a really interesting one as well. So there's an awful and it's going to be interesting as well. Before you hop to the break here is especially in races like that. You know Ohio County hasn't quite gone as many other counties is doing where the Republicans even in, in county offices are receiving the automatic coordination to office. Right. You know, Tom Howard was a Democrat. Um, you know, things are shifting for certain uh, a little bit. But, uh, you know, as you said, if it's, you know, no matter who John Haglock runs against, it's anybody's race. Yeah, uh, right again, now. and it's cause that will be a good race because uh, Haglock seems to be a pretty good candidate. And also either of the two Republicans, whoever wins that primary, I think will will be a formidable candidate as well. So, but it, it, yeah. it's... it's we have an awful lot of stuff to be covering here, John, uh, that we in the media that care. 
yeah. over the next several months. You know, we got all the council races, and we didn't talk about council, but the, the, the mayor's race, the council race, the school board, the sheriff's race. Are there any other local, I'm thinking out loud here quickly, any other local races that are, nobody's running, nobody's contesting a commission race, are they? No, no, no. I mean, we've got some delegate races that are, you know, uh, I think uh, yeah, Diane Weinzenrod, I was, uh, was with her last night. She has a uh, primary challenger. She took, of course, uh, was appointed to Erica Storch's seat. Right. Um, she has a challenger in, I believe it's uh, Bill Flanagan, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, you know, Sean Fluharty doesn't have a primary opponent, but does have a general opponent uh, for his seat. Um you know, and then, of course, in Marshall County, we've got a sheriff's race. Uh, you know, yeah. we've been focusing a lot on Ohio County. Um, but, you know, it's, it's going to be, a, I mean, presidential elections are always full ballots. I mean, it's going to be a big ballot. Plus, we're going to have a, uh, what do we have, a school board levy and a library levy as part of the of the upcoming ballot. Yeah. So Either, I, and, you know, and it's a lot going on. It's going to be a really uh, busy election uh, from the top to the bottom, you know, the from the presidential election through the, uh, the race for Senate here in, in the state, the governor's race in West Virginia, uh, as we talked about all the local races and so on. It's going to be really busy, which will keep us busy as well. Uh, you can hit, yeah. hang around for a few more minutes, yes? Sure, 100%. All right, going to take a quick uh, news break, head over to the Big 7, WTRF-TV for Ohio Valley headlines, and then uh, John and I will continue talking about a few other issues here in the upper Ohio Valley. Friday roundtable underway on the Friday edition of the Watchdog Morning Show. Good Friday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this February the 2nd. Some continuing coverage. We have new details on the I-470 shooting ending with a man shot in the face. The Ohio State Highway Patrol says the shooting was allegedly from another truck driver that left the scene. As you recall, a West Virginia man was found shot in the face on the interstate in Pulteney Township earlier this week. The Post says they received a 911 call that the driver of a commercial truck had been shot near mile marker 3 on the westbound side of the lanes. Troopers say details are limited at this time and we'll talk to 7 News about the situation later on today. And the verdict is in for the Belmont County rape trial of 21-year-old Logan Cochran. Cochran of Martins Ferry has been found not guilty of all charges. He was facing two counts of first-degree felony rape and one count of gross sexual imposition. The defense says a sexual encounter did happen, but instead was consensual. The jury started deliberating at 4 and came back at 5.30. Stay with 7 News for updates. And as we approach the one-year anniversary of the East Palestine train derailment, Governor Mike DeWine is speaking up. DeWine has been a frequent visitor to the Columbiana County town over the last 12 months, alongside his EPA administrator. He talked about the concerns he and his staff continues to hear from people across the community. For that reason, the governor pushed for the opening of a standalone clinic, working with administrators of East Liverpool City Hospital that the state is largely underwriting. And listen to this, Washington Lands Elementary School is hosting its fourth annual Groundhog Day celebration. That's at 1245 today. The event includes a forecast by a cat named Wildcat Wally and some polka music, of course. The school is also having a color war in honor of Hannah Woods, a former student now battling sarcoma, with proceeds going to WVU Medicine Children's Cure Kids Cancer. That was a look at your headlines. Have a fantastic Friday and a wonderful weekend. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. 
But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. How tough are you? It's the 43rd annual Budweiser Tough Man Contest. Co-sponsored by WTOV9, Eagle 107.5, Wheeling, Ohio County CBB, Thomas Auto Centers, The World Gym, Jill's Gentleman's Club, A Class Act, ICR Equipment Rental, Sales and Supply, and Honda Direct Line. Coming February 16th and 17th to Wheeling's West Banco Arena. If you think you're tough enough and willing to get in the ring and prove it, sign up to fight at WBToughman.com. Ladies, if you want to be a ring girl and strut your stuff, up in the ring, sign up at WVToughman.com. Tickets go on sale this Saturday at the West Banco Arena box office or online at WestBancoArena.com. It's the 43rd annual Budweiser Tough Man Contest coming February 16th and 17th to Wheeling's West Banco Arena. Planning to stay in Wheeling, Tough Man Weekend? The Wheeling, Ohio County CVB is offering special hotel rates for Tough Man fighters, ring girls, and fans. For details, visit WVToughman.com. Get your tickets today and tough it out. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. On FM, on AM, online, on demand, and on video. We are where you are. The Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe is here now. Yeah, ring our bell, baby. Ding, 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 9.39, 21 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show roaming right around 40, a little above, a little below here at the Upper Ohio Valley. And uh, we're going to get up to, well, not much warmer, actually, a very low 40s for the day, but 50s and sunny uh, for the weekend. Before I get back to John McCabe, our uh, Friday roundtable, John, uh, Bob Slider, we have uh, actually a very busy sports weekend coming up. We really do, Howard. We're going to start things off bright and early tomorrow morning. Uh, Fred Persinger from 6.30 to 7 o'clock a.m. He reviews all the scores, all the news with high school basketball throughout the state of West Virginia. Chris Lawrence and then the outdoor store, uh, I say store, outdoor show from uh, 7 to 8. Good old boys from 8 to 9. And then just one hour tomorrow of the uh, Paul Harris Saturday Morning Sports Huddle with your host, Dr. Angelo Georges. And that is because, Howard, we are loaded with b- girls basketball tomorrow starting at 10 o'clock. It is the AAA game, Fort Fry versus Martins Ferry. And then at noon, it's the Class 4A, Buckeye Local and Indian Creek. And 2 o'clock, Wheeling Park and Morgantown. That's going to be a dandy there. Again, that's at 2 o'clock. 4 o'clock, Trinity Christian and Cameron. And then we wrap things up at 6 o'clock with River 
and Monroe Central. OVAC Girls Championships this weekend, Boys Championships going next weekend. So very busy couple of weekends here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, John McCabe is here with us from the local newspapers, as always on a Friday. Time to review some of the local news of the week. John, um, I guess nobody was really surprised, but it looks more and more like the suspension bridge is not going to reopen to vehicular traffic. Hey, Howard, real quick, I don't know if you caught during your news break. Um, apparently, the Highway Patrol just put out some information that uh, they do believe another truck driver shot this guy in the face. Okay. Wow. Okay, so it was personal. So, so, so much for our talk 20 minutes ago about not really sure what happened. Um, <laughs> that's interesting. So, yeah. okay, all right, going to have to try and tr- get tr- yeah, track so that, that's really about all there is right now, but... Yeah, it's a suspension bridge. So that, that's a, uh, you know, I, I guess, uh, you know, Jimmy Riston, uh, within the last, you know, week, 10 days, uh, you know, essentially set forth the uh, the very high probability that the bridge would never see vehicular traffic again. Right. You know, the bridge, and, and I guess it's not surprising, the bridge does turn 175 years old this year, uh, which is amazing when you think about it. Um but, you know, so if that is the case, what is, you know, you know, a couple things. What is the future for the bridge? You know, and then we have Wheeling Island with, you know, one less point of ingress and egress that's going to make it difficult. And, you know, maybe the third point is, you know, what services over the next few years will be created, you know, so that if you're at the casino or if you're downtown and you want to go to the casino, can you walk across the bridge? Sure, but how much nicer would it be to get on a, you know, a jitney or a jitney. something, right. yeah, to, to take you over across the bridge and make wheeling a little more wholesome and encompassing? I guess I would I would think of it in the sense of, you know, uh, how we how we get around now. Not not to the mayor's walkable <laughs> uh, mindset, but you know, kind of along that mindset of just rethinking our options for transportation. You know, particularly between you know downtown on Wheeling Island. Yeah, one of our listeners this week texted us, maybe we could use rickshaws. I don't know if I want to go the rickshaw yeah. route, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, there, it would make perfect sense to come up with some kind of a way to get across the bridge or get an easier access to the island from downtown. Uh, you know, especially once all the work is done and there's much more activity. I think we're going to see downtown. Um, you know, you're going to want to be able to get people over to the island, particularly, well, yeah, particularly to the to the um, the casino. So that that's yeah. going to be a big deal. I, I said uh, the day that it was announced, and we talked with the mayor about this a bit this week. I I think it's going to be even more incumbent now on the CVB and the folks who are developing the old Wheeling Inn property. When the Wheeling Inn comes down, they're going to develop that heritage slash uh, welcome center, uh, so on. It's going to be even more incumbent that the suspension bridge be a critical part of that. Somehow they tie that bridge in now, even more so than before. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, um, it's uh, you know, it, it, we all know the, the reality is it, it was only going to be a matter of time if they reopened it to traffic until something happened. You know, in terms of another large vehicle crossing it, you know, like a motor coach or a dump truck. Um, so you know, there's that reality, but. You know, I think your point with with the CDB and what they develop at you know at that gateway that showcases the bridge as a you know an engineering marvel. Again, when you really think about it, the fact that that thing was taking cars within the last several years 
at 100, you know, 170 years old is amazing. You know, the, the engineering aspects of it are phenomenal. And, you know, the fact that it's been able to be in service as long as it has. But, you know, what we don't want to have happen is something bad. And we don't want it to be totally inaccessible because it's unsafe. So, you know, I think it's, you know, the CBB, city leaders, the state, you know, I know that, you know, the state's still going to own the bridge unless they deed it over to Wheeling and that, that's agreed to. But, you know, so what do we do to make it a highlight? Do, you know, is there a way to set up vendors on it or anything along that line? Is there, you know, yeah, I never thought about so that. many things that if you go to the big cities that they do to help people get around, you know, even... You know, like the pedaling bars where you get 10 people sitting around a bar and they're pedaling themselves around, you know, the North Shore of Pittsburgh prior to a concert or a football game or a baseball game. I actually did that in um, Frederick, Maryland. Yeah, I did that. That was that was kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And so, this, but what, you know, maybe even this council now needs to start thinking, you know, what can we do from a policy perspective to to make, you know, to make downtown more welcoming and, 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 you know, to get across to the island, it was possibly for providing exemptions for, you know, open containers downtown on, uh, you know, uh, I forget what they call those zones where you basically can, you know, walk around. They've uh, been talking about that all, anyway, and yeah. it's being done a couple of places. Right. I know Charleston has done that. I think I think right. Huntington, exactly. at least a couple of other cities have done those. So. Uh, that that would make some sense. I also think it's, and I'm sure the city has thought about this. Whenever the final decision comes to no, no more vehicular traffic, they need to get a better. De- what exactly does that mean? Can yeah. we run a trolley across the bridge? Can we run, you know, some other form of transportation across? Not open to the public, not open to general, you know, usage. But when you say no vehicular traffic. What exactly does that mean? I, I think that's going to be really important exactly. to get figure out ahead of time. Yeah. And then, you know, then I think, you know, some discussions, and maybe they need to be happening now with the state of, you know, this is, you know, a bridge from downtown to Wheeling Island is a, is a West Virginia bridge. You know, all these other bridges that are being built, you know, in, in a lot of ways benefit Ohioans more than West Virginians. Um, and, uh, you know, so, but this one is one that directly benefits Wheeling Island residents. It doesn't force them to go to Ohio, potentially to come back into West Virginia. And so, you know, when you've got a landmass to the largest, uh, you know, inland island in the United States, and it's pretty densely populated, uh, having, you know, having only now, I think, two points of access with the suspension bridge closed, that's not a long-term uh, successful thought plan, in essence. You know, they need to start thinking of, can we, is there a place to put another bridge? Is it feasible to put another bridge? How would we do it? Where would it go? And, you know, you've got to look at, uh, at um, uh, emergency vehicles and so on as well. Again, I, that's why I think whenever they yeah. say no more vehicular traffic, that, that, needs, that needs to be very clearly defined. Exactly what do you mean by no more vehicular traffic? Right. Um, so up to you know, see. Howard, and I think one thing that we all have to be very cognizant of right now, I was talking to a couple lawmakers last night from other parts of West Virginia, and they don't have much sympathy for us right now when it comes to our bridges because of all the money, all the infrastructure money that's been spent up here over the last three or four years. I mean, yeah, well, you know, everything, 200 plus million on I-70 to $131 million on, you know, the bridge from nowhere to Ohio, um, and there's e- not a lot even of the streetscape right work, now. you know, yeah. Yeah, and then the streetscape on top of that, and 
you know, I said something about a bridge, and they were like, well, I don't think you're going to be getting anything anytime soon. You guys have got, you know, your share plus. And, and, and I, I hear that argument. On the other hand, yeah. we have uh, suspend, two bridges that are closed and apparently are not going to reopen again. One, the Market Street Market right. Street Bridge up in the, the up northern part of the Panhandle where – They've said, you know, we don't have any money to repair or replace it. And, of course, right. the suspension bridge. So we're two bridges down. I get their argument, and it's not necessarily a bad argument. But truth of the matter is we're losing a couple of bridges. John, i got to move on. I assume you're talking to important people down there, more important than me. So I'll let you go as well, and uh, we'll talk to you next week sometime. Thanks for uh, taking time out of your Charleston day to give us a call, though. Appreciate it. Have a good day. All right. Talk to you later. John McCabe, newspaper editor with us this morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. He's in Charleston for a couple of days uh, doing newspaper and kind of stuff. So I was doing some other things here, Howard. So uh, I, I heard John say uh, it looked like it was personal. Someone shot that driver. They, they, they look like it was like road rage, something like that, personal. I, 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 you're, you're adding extra words and interpreting, which I think is a reasonable interpretation. The, the words we heard were he was shot by another truck driver. Now, how that happened, what happened, I don't know. But apparently he was shot by another truck driver. Wow. So that guy. Let, so it was not some hunter on the, I mean, it, apparently Which not I some, thought for sure. I would have bet. That would have been the easy, logical, whatever solution. And uh, kudos to our texter yesterday. We didn't go there because we thought, well, this guy probably doesn't have this right. But I think he had it. Uh, he had it closer to right. Than, than, we, we, than I did, yes. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, the, the, uh, again, I think we, there's much more information we now need to have come out. Um, and as John said at the beginning, I, the, the Highway Patrol needs to be a little more forthcoming with exactly what this is. Are we? Is this a road rate? It said another truck driver. So was it personal? Like Sam didn't like Bob and he drove by and shot him? Or Man, yeah. Howard, I'm the biggest hothead you know. I mean, when I go, I go. I and, won't disagree with that. And I have no <laughs> sense at all when I when I hit that point. But what are you thinking? I mean, you sh- what, what could that guy have possibly done to you that you think it's a good idea to, to shoot him and <laughs> think you're going to get away with it? Well, again, I think we've got to be careful how we're interpreting it, but we know more now than we did at the beginning of this hour, apparently. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see if the Highway Patrol sends out some more. I think they're going to give out more information later today on exactly what happened. Maybe Bob Westfall will have some more info for us. We'll find out when he joins us coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show. I'm Deepak Huda. I am from originally India. I am director of the Structural Heart Program as well as Cardiac Cath Lab at Wheeling Hospital. Our main clinic is obviously here at Wheeling Hospital WU Medicine. We also have satellite clinics, we call it, the Upper the Highlands. Then we have clinic at the Wheeling Clinic, which is in downtown Wheeling, and Martins Ferry. And then we also have clinic at St. Clair as well. So we try to go where the patients are or to make it most convenient for them. The timeless sounds of polka live here. Join us 9 to 11 a.m. on Sundays for the Polka Showcase with Rich Biella. Sunday mornings never sounded so good. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe.
before the hour, Watchdog Morning Show here on a Friday morning edition of our program. Coming up when we are done at 10.06 this morning, Hoppy Kirchville. He's back in the studio again today. He's been down in Charleston for the last couple of days. Uh, uh, Brad Macklin will be checking in to talk about the legislature. He'll be talking about the change in the Republican Party's uh, rules for the primary voting. There was a uh, debate, or there's a debate coming up for Republican candidates for governor again. Hoppy will preview all of that uh, and much more. Coming up today, statewide talk line from 10 until noon right here on the uh, Watchdog Radio Network. Also, uh, Bob, next week I should mention, um, we're going to be talking about Mysterious West Virginia. I'm looking forward to uh, to talking to Sean McCracken. Sean McCracken. I think I've seen every episode, Howard. I have only watched a couple still. I need to watch it. I mean, you, you know, I appreciate the help you give, but you're, you're making me watch things. I got, I got True Detective now I just am in love with. Uh, I want to still haven't tried the pajama party or pajama <laughs> pants. Or you whatever. might want to pick your episodes there. I, I ran into a couple, eh, not as good as the one I watched before that. And and you turn me on to Mysterious WV, which is a uh, YouTube series, if you will, all about um, uh, unsolved murders, unsolved mysteries in West Virginia and a couple of Ohio and Virginia, but basically all of them are in West Virginia. Sean McCracken. Seems like a weird character to me, but uh, going to be interesting. He's going to join us. Uh, I want to tell him what you said, Howard. Well, I mean, I, I mean that in a good way. You know, he's just a little unusual character. Um, but he's going to join us to talk about that series, Mysterious uh, WV. And I'll try and catch a few more episodes this week as well. I watched the one on Sister Robin uh, here in the local area, and of course the story out of Charleston that you, you read the book about and talked to us about too. So, anyways, that's coming up. I just thought I'd mention that it's coming up next week. Let's grab uh, Bob Westfall from the Big Seven WTRF TV. Good morning, Bob. Morning, sir. How are you? It's well, you Friday. know, it's Friday, almost done. I'm looking forward to heading on out here. And actually, I got lunch plans today. Hey, there's a big surprise. surprise. So uh, I'm, I'm just going to be going to be a good day. Going to be a good day. Hey, Bob, what what? I don't want to throw you a curve, but what do we know about this I-470 truck incident now? I heard Taylor it's saying what's on that, the web right now. We've uh, okay. got an investing going on. Um, nothing official beyond what what's on the website. Okay, and and what what is that? I didn't. It, maybe it's just gone up because I didn't. I went looking for it. Um, uh, apparently, uh, the truck driver was uh, shot shot in the face by uh, someone uh, along the road there, um, and they are looking for that person right now. So it was not sort of a hunter in the hillside just shooting errantly, but rather there was it was I I won't say directed at that particular trucker, but it was right. some. It was a specific shooting by one person yes. against another on the road. Okay. Yes. Um, hopefully we'll get more information about that. That story is just its just weird, you know. Um, right. And hopefully we'll get more info. All right. I appreciate that. Didn't mean to shift gears with you there. What else are you working on? All right. Some of the other things we're working on today. Let me get in here real quick. Uh, let's see. Going to help. Uh, what we got uh, huge, uh, as you know, the big uh, event up the Highlands, the robotics contest is going on. Right. Uh, U.S. Army is in town to show off their uh, robotic dog, uh, so we're going to check out that this morning as well. So we're going to be working on that today. Um, let's see, uh, big day today actually is uh, it's Gro- Go Red Day. Uh, we're supposed to be wearing red uh, for uh, women's health, heart health. Ah, okay. Uh, Trinity is having a big luncheon up at Florian Hall, Wintersville. We will be there. Colin Roos is going to cover that. Uh, let's see, Seven Ranges, a new entertainment venue at the old uh, Fort Stoop Mall is going to open. We're going to check that out. Uh, also, a uh, big thing for us this weekend is we're going to be uh, live streaming uh, the Cheerleader Championships uh, beginning tomorrow at uh, 8.50. 
and then also following that up with the uh, OVAC championship game. I believe it's the girls game. Uh, that's at 10 a.m. So big thing for us tomorrow uh, is uh, covering that stuff. So we're going to take a look at that. Uh, big stuff going on for us today. All right. Sounds good. Very busy day for you. And uh, folks can check it all out on the TV at uh, w- at, at uh, noon, 5, 6, 10, 11, 530, the region-wide show. Also, don't forget to check things out at WTRF.com. Look for some of the streaming uh, video, streaming coverage, uh, cheerleading championships, and more. And um, it's going to be a good weekend so everybody can get out and kind of enjoy themselves for the weekend. We're looking for sunshine and 50s for the weekend, so that sounds good. Sounds great. Yep. So uh, that's got, uh, looks like it's going to be a good weekend. Um, uh, I'm sure you'll be uh, doing your restaurant tour. I, <laughs> I have my grandson tonight, which I'm looking forward to, although I will be brutally honest. I'm hoping he'll be willing to go out to dinner tonight. <laughs> He's not keen on that all the time, but we have him tonight, and he'll stay with us this evening, so that'll be in overnight. Awesome. So that's always fun, but uh, I'll, be awesome. on, I'll be on granddad duty. But you can guarantee sometime during this weekend I also will be on restaurant reporting, so I'll be checking good. it out. Good for you. Let's Bob, get you out of the house. All right, there you go. Have yourself a great weekend. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Take, See you, Bob. Take it easy. Thanks a lot. Also, uh, speaking, you know, so we were talking earlier. I said, well, I'll start walking, and I kind of joked about that, but I got a text off the Frio Stack Auction Service text line, 304-214-1600. Howard, please do not let anyone discourage you from starting a walking program. No, that's right, Howard. A little bit at a time. Go at your pace, your speed. Magoo. Well, like I said, it was really embarrassing when I my 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 son says, "Oh, I, it was middle of the day." He said, "I have twenty four hundred steps on my iPhone." And my wife said, cause "Now she had walked them all with her sister in law. They did that walk them all thing. She had forty five hundred steps midday." What do you got, Howard? What do you got, Dad? I got seven hundred twenty five. <laughs> But you need a new pair of shoes. I, well, you you know, have to have an athletic shoe, Howard, a walking shoe. These shoes are not going to work, you think? And I, I no, they will not work. Those new shoes with holes that my kids got. You have any white socks, Howard? You probably have all colored socks. Get, get some white socks, <laughs> too. It's, it's about the only old man thing I've just stayed away from. That's that's the white socks business. All right, going to wrap it up. Got to say sayonara. See you. Bye-bye. Farewell. I got to go. I got to get out of here. Kercheval has the calm coming up next. Uh, Bob, you got a busy weekend. You'll be in busy, here busy. with the OVAC games and more. Uh, and you and I will get together again Monday morning at 7 o'clock into the go-around of the big gig. We hope that you all will have a great weekend and then come back and join us on Monday here on the Watchdog Morning Show.